Thank you, praise team. I'm so excited to talk to you about Father's Day today. And uh, if you take your Bibles, open up to 2 Timothy chapter 1. That's where we'll be today. Hey, if you would pray for Pastor Larry and Elaine as they're away there in Wisconsin at this very moment. He'll be speaking to a church there in that area. And uh, hopefully very soon helping that congregation go through the very same thing that he's done here. And we've just appreciated the work that he's done and the fun things that we've been able to spend doing with him as far as the staff and, and just having a good time. But hey, it is Father's Day, so we've got to do this. Would all the fathers in the building this morning, would you stand for us this morning? Amen. Thank you, man. You can be seated. Such a great day to honor our fathers, and uh, especially, as Jimmy said, our Heavenly Father. We're just so excited to talk about Him today, and that's what we'll get to very, very shortly. But I thought I'd have a little fun with you today, talking about our fathers, just tease them a bit. Uh, just give you a few statements that you'll never, probably ever hear Dad say, and uh, we'll go down through these real quick. Here's the first one. Well, how about that? I'm lost. Looks like we'll have to stop and ask for directions. <laughs> Probably not one I'm ever going to say. Probably many of you men would never ever say. I see a lot of the wives. How about this one? Saying to the kids, here's a credit card and the keys to my new car. Go crazy. Probably not going to happen. The next one, your mother and I are going away for the weekend. You might want to consider throwing a party. Never heard my dad say that, not one. Uh, this one's a little, little different. No son of mine is going to live under this roof without an earring. Now quit your belly aching and let's go to the mall. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I have daughters. We've done that with one already. She did get her ears pierced. What do you want to go and do that for and get a job? I make plenty of money for you to spend. <laughs> yeah, right, guys? Not going to be saying that to the kids. Or how about this one? I don't know, fathers, if you would actually say this, but uh, Father's Day, ah, don't worry, it's no big deal. Now, I think Mother's Day would be the one that we would never say that to, right? Mother's Day, ah, don't worry, kids, it's no big deal. No, that's a death sentence right there, right? Um, but fathers, it's, it's fun to just have fun and tease you today. I think of my own dad as I prepared and got ready for this message, and I think of some of the things that... In our family, we just love to have fun. We tease each other a lot. And one of the, the funnest things that, that us as kids used to do when my dad was sleeping, he loved to take naps. It's just part of being in the ministry. You get wore wear out, and he would take naps quite frequently. I can remember us as kids going up to him and, and tapping him and shaking him. And he, whenever he was sleeping, he never really knew what was going on or where he was. And he'd always wake up so groggy, and he'd jump up and go, Where am I? Where am I? Where am I? You know, we just sit there and laugh at him and just have a great time with Dad. And, and for me, my father is a great remembrance. I, I have some, just some fond memories, some great stories of time spent together. But I'd also uh, be remiss if I didn't think of some of you today that perhaps I realized this morning that you may have not had a good father figure. Maybe for you today is a hard day. Uh, maybe you had a father that was not really a great figure in your life. Maybe someone that was very rough on you. Um, or perhaps you lost your father at an early age, and you don't really remember much about that person. But there may be someone in your life that came alongside of you and acted as that father figure. And that's a little bit what we're going to talk about this morning in the case of Paul with Timothy. We know a little bit of background as we get into this, this letter this morning. 
that Timothy was not Paul's true son, but he was his son in the faith. Uh, Paul did not have a son as far as we know, and, and Timothy, as we know a little bit about his father, that he was a Greek. We find out in the book of Acts that he was a Greek, did not probably know Jesus Christ very well, but his, his grandmother and his mother trained him up in the things of the Lord. And so Paul kind of became that father figure in Timothy's life. And so that's what we want to look at today. And fathers, I hope that as we go through this passage in 2 Timothy, the very first chapter, that you can glean some things from the story of Paul's letter and his greeting to Timothy. And also there's three specific things that Paul leaves with Timothy as he gets into this passage. And so we'll look at it very briefly this morning. But if you're there with us, would you turn there? If not, and we're going to go ahead and read down through that passage this morning. Then we'll pray and we'll get right into it. I know many of you probably have plans today. You're looking forward to getting out to the beach or the restaurant or golfing or whatever it is. But we're going to have a great time for the next 25, 30 minutes digging into God's word. But would you read down through with me this morning? 2 Timothy chapter 1 and down through verse 8, 1 through 8. It says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, uh, but of power and of love and of a sound Mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed, he says to Timothy, of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Let's pray before we get into this this morning. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much as we come to this day, a day of a remembrance, and we remember our fathers. We thank God. We thank you for them, Lord. Lord, there's some, again, as we mentioned this morning, that may be here struggling with the remembrance of their Father, it may be hard. Lord, above all that, would you help us to remember that you are our Heavenly Father. And above everything else that we've done in life, you love us beyond measure. Lord, that you sent your Son to die for our sins, and we have that gift to easily accept him into our heart and life, and to know that we have a place in eternity with you someday. So, Lord, again, as we, we go through this passage, would you help us to see this in a new light? Would you help and strengthen our fathers today? Give us courage to continue to do the job that you put in front of us and ask us to do. It's in these things we pray in your son's name. Amen. As I said this morning, uh, this is a little bit of Paul's fatherly advice to his son in the faith. And he says right there in this passage, to Timothy, a beloved son. I mentioned that we don't believe that, that Paul had a son at all, but that Timothy, he looked at Timothy really as his own son. But let me give you a little bit of history about the second book of Timothy. Paul writes this book to Timothy. It's his one last letter to Timothy before his end in life. He knows that it is near. Literally, he is sitting in prison, and his life is about to come to an end. 
We even see that in chapter 4 as he talks about, he almost gives his own epitaph at one point there. He says these things, for I am being ready to be poured out as a drink offering, right? You remember that part? My time of departure is at hand. These three other things, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. He knows that it is about to end. If you know anything about the, the Roman history at this point, and, and, and Paul and Timothy and even Peter's life, um, they are suffering great persecution in their lives at this point. Nero is the person in charge of Rome. He has actually just recently blamed the Christians for the fire that had happened in the city of Rome and has come after them. And so to be a Christian, you were very much in a bad point in your life. This was a point in your life where persecution would have been very, very great. And Paul comes alongside Timothy with this last letter, and he's encouraging him. Timothy, just press on. Keep doing what I've told you to do. At one point, Paul had to leave Timothy in Ephesus. We know from many, many stories from Paul that Ephesus was not an easy town to pastor in. Remember the story of the blacksmiths as they came after Paul, and they almost killed him. If they hadn't snuck him out of town at one point, he literally would have been killed. But it's this point in history where we believe uh, somewhere around A.D. 64 to 68, um, we see that uh, Nero, he actually committed suicide in A.D. 68. But somewhere in between this time period is when Paul writes this letter. And we believe also at this time period is where Paul and Peter probably both lost their lives. And so this is his last chance to encourage Timothy in the faith, almost as a father, just to keep on trucking, just do the work that's in front of you. And he says a few things to him as he uh, starts to greet Timothy in this letter. And we'll just walk down through these six things. The, the first three are some things that we glean from Paul's life, just his heart for Timothy. And the, the, the final three are the actual things that he tells Timothy to remember. But if you look in verse 3, he says this, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did. He reminds Timothy to have, to get back to it, a heart of service. To everything you do, Timothy, just as I have served, I thank God that I have an opportunity to serve as my forefathers did. And fathers, think about this today. How are you serving? How are you serving your families? How are you serving in Heritage Baptist Church? How are you serving in your neighborhoods? How are you serving in the schools? I remember one time I was asked to go and, and do something at, at our daughter's school called the Watchdog Day. Watchdog Dad. Jenny knows what I'm talking about. And I showed up at this day at Byron Center, one of the, the elementary schools, and I thought I was just going to have to play a little bit with them on the, uh, on the recess field and also go to lunch. But no, they had plans for me for the whole day. I mean, I was literally there from 8.30 in the morning till about 3 in the afternoon. And they put me to work. And I can remember just getting alongside the girls as I went to the class, and I just sat back and thought, Lord, thank you for this opportunity. This is one, not what I had in mind was to be here all day and wear this big watchdog dad shirt and have all the kids giving me high fives every second. But this is really kind of cool. Lord, thank you for giving me an opportunity to just serve, to just come into the school and see whatever I can do to help the teachers and the kids through having a good day of school. But Paul, in this greeting, he reminds Timothy very much so of his heritage. Listen, as my forefathers did, Yours did the same. Maybe not his own father, but in his grandmother and his mother. They served. They taught him the things in the faith. And that's Paul's real first thing to remind, remind Timothy to serve. Just have a heart of service. The second thing that stuck out to me in this passage 
is he writes to Timothy, and he's, he's just saying hello to him. And he says, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. Night and day. For us to be prayer warriors, men, fathers, for us to just get alongside of our kids at night and just take time to pray with them. I love our little girls. Uh, our, our youngest one, she is very, very, very um, dedicated to this prayer time. Matter of fact, if we're sitting out in the living room watching TV at night, she will constantly yell from her room, Mama, 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 are you going to come pray with me tonight? Mama. And if we don't come, literally she'll do that all night long until we finally come and pray with her. And I'm reminded of how important that is to her. Fathers, it ought to be important to us to pray with our kids, to pray with our families, to pray with our wives. I'm excited because of my father modeled that well in my life. And I thank God for him every day. It's an amazing thing to spend time with our kids in prayer. But also, for some of you older men, think about that this morning. One of our men in our church came up this morning and he said to John and I, he said, guys, I'm excited for you. Happy Father's Day. I've I've never been a father, but I'm so excited for you guys. You know what you men can do? That's an awesome opportunity for you men to come so alongside some younger men in the faith and just call them one day and say, hey, you know what, so-and-so, I don't know what's going on with you today, but I'm just praying for you. I'm praying for you to, to be a great father, to be a great husband. Um, I don't know what's going on in your life today, but just have a great day. Have a great day. It's an awesome opportunity for some of you older men, grandfathers in the faith, to do that with your sons. Grandfathers to do that with your grandsons. Um, if I can just be youth pastor for a minute here and share you one quick illustration that goes back to my girls. In a story that we sing with them every single night, um, many, many times as they get ready to go to bed. And uh, when I think about this idea of prayer, this comes to mind because it talks about the, the story of Daniel. If you remember Daniel, my mom used to say a lot of times when I was younger, dare to be a Daniel, Tim. Dare to be a Daniel. You know why Daniel was committed to prayer? It says that he prayed three times a day. And there's a song that we sing with our girls. If you'll just bear with me today, I'm going to quote the, the lyrics for you. I won't sing it. I'll leave that up to Brother Jimmy, Pastor Dennis. They can do that. But I will just quote the words for you this morning. But it's a song, and it's kind of a childish song, and it's called Here, Kitty, Kitty. I don't know if you've ever heard it before, um, but it's by a guy named Buddy Hotelian. And it says this story. Long ago, there lived a man named Daniel, known throughout the land for being wise, placed in a foreign country as a governor because God knew Daniel wouldn't compromise. Also in this land were many princes who knew Daniel was the favorite of the king. There had to be some way that they could get him. They watched him as he prayed three times a day. They plotted and they planned, and to the palace ran, and King Darius heard those princes say, Oh, King, we've all been talking. You're a righteous dude. Why don't we take a month or so to worship you? Well, the king was very flattered. His crown got way too tight. Before he knew it, he'd signed the decree. But when Daniel heard about the law, he didn't change his life at all. He just knelt to pray so everyone could see. And as they saw Dan praying, they knew he would soon be dead. But when they threw him to the lions, this is what he said. And this is the part the girls love. Here, kitty, kitty, here, kitty, kitty. Let me pet your mane, aren't you glad I came? Here, kitty, kitty, here, kitty, kitty. Looking hungry there, but I don't care. God's keeping your mouth shut tight. Right? That's the part they love. They love to hear you know, me, I guess, sing that. Tracy doesn't help me. Sometimes she helps me with it. She doesn't know it like I do. I kind of memorize it. She sings other songs with them. 
And here's the rest of the song. Well, the king could hardly sleep at night. He knew what he'd done wasn't right. How had he been overcome by pride? So in the morning he arose hurriedly, threw on his clothes, ran down beside the den and called inside. Oh, Daniel, are you still awake or have I made a grave mistake? Won't you tell me, please, I gotta know. But Daniel called up from the den, your cat food I have never been, for my God's with me everywhere I go. And if you make another law that says that I can't pray, I'll see my friends down here again. And once again, I'll say, here, kitty, kitty, here, kitty, kitty. Looking hungry there, but I don't care. Guys, keep your mouth shut. That's how it goes, right? Kind of a crazy little song. I know. But I have it in my head. And I, I, I asked our youngest the other night. I said, Ash, why do you love that song? What, do you, what is it that you love that song? And she said really two things. She goes, well... Dad, it's the longest song that you sing. <laughs> Which says to me that she loved to spend time with me. And the second thing, she actually posed a question. And she said, Dad, did Daniel really pray three times a day? Said, yeah, he did. That's exactly what the Word of God says. Some of that story might be a little bit off, but the premise of it is exactly right. And it says in Daniel, I think it's chapter 4, or no, it's later in Daniel. That he says that he prayed three times a day, just as he had done from his early years, right? Men, if we start now, if we teach our, our children, our young men to be men of prayer. Listen, David had, his, David had his mighty men, but God wants us to be prayer warriors, right? We show our, our, our sons and our daughters and even our wives how to get on their knees and just to, just to be in front of the feet of Jesus. We try to model that to our students here at Heritage Baptist Church. Our leaders, I encourage them every Sunday night when we go into small groups, guys, at the very least, just spend some time in prayer with them. You know what? They might ask you to pray for their dog that's, you know, throwing up because he ate grass. I don't know, but just spend some time with them. Model the importance of prayer. And Paul did that with Timothy. That's that's the second thing in his greeting that I see that he kind of reminds Timothy. The third thing this morning is, fathers, for us to be compassionate encouragers. Verse 4 and 5 says this, Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. Paul wanted to do all he could to get back to Ephesus and spend time with Timothy and just build into him, be compassionate, encourage him in the things of the faith, and to, and to really be like this. Timothy, create leaders. Create other pastors. Create men in your church that are going to continue the work of God. That's really what his heart is. You see that all throughout this passage right here and through the whole book, everything that he says in that passage, it's an encouragement to Timothy. Fathers, if you're anything like me, I love to tease my kids. My wife has to remind me sometimes of the stopping point. Tim, they're crying. They're not having a good time anymore. <laughs> you probably should have stopped back here. Now they're, they're here. You know, they're still at the point where they probably don't like you right now, right? All right? But men, I do have got to work that in my own life. Maybe there's different things for you. Maybe you have a quick temper. I don't know what it is. Maybe you, like me, you like to tease them a little bit too hard. Or perhaps it's something else. Maybe you've just wrapped yourself up too much in your work. And perhaps the Lord is truly speaking to you about that. Listen, you need to lay aside some of your desires and your passions 
and spend time with your kids. Be a compassionate encourager to your children. That is so very important. And it, it might be reaching a little bit this morning, but that's what sticks out to me about Paul's, just Paul's heart for Timothy. He just wanted to see him be the best pastor that he possibly could. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for Timothy to pastor in Ephesus. We see that again as I just spoke a little bit ago, but it wasn't an easy job to be a pastor. It's still not an easy job to be a pastor. There's a lot of things that weigh down on your hearts and minds, and you know things perhaps that other people in the ministry would never know or ever hear. And those are things that we constantly have to give over to the Lord. Right? Fathers, you may know that. You're in that leadership role in your own homes. You may not be in ministry as Timothy was, but you're in a leadership, a great leadership position in your families. And you know a lot of things that need to be taken care of. But do it with compassion and be an encourager. Encourage your kids. Encourage your wife. You know, what would it, what would it do, I guess, going back to this phone call thing? What would it do tomorrow if you pick up your phone at your cell phone at lunchtime and you just call your wife and say, listen, honey, thanks for doing what you do. I love you. You're awesome. You're just great. You're calling, calling your kids. Most of them are out of school now. Just call them at lunchtime. They're probably home. Just who knows what they're doing. Hanging out with mom or, or at a daycare or something. You just call them and get on the phone and say, hey, hey, buddy. Hey, honey, I love you. Daddy loves you. I appreciate it this morning. I got up and got myself ready, got my suit on and stuff. I walk out in the hallway, and there's this paper trail all the way to the kitchen. Well, Haley, our oldest, had woke up at like 7 this morning and was making all these things. I love you, Dad. She spelled Daddy in the hallway, the papers. And there was more papers going in the kitchen. I'm like, wow, she knows. Right to the refrigerator door. She knows exactly where Dad's going. <laughs> but it was an encouragement to me. But can we flip that around then, fathers? Can we do that for our kids? Encourage them in the faith. And these last three things this morning, these are reminders that Paul speaks into the life of Timothy, and he speaks it very, very directly. I mean, these are three main things that he says. Timothy, do this, do this, do this. The very first thing that he says is, therefore, I remind you, verse 6, to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, Timothy, he, he should understand this, and Paul is probably saying this out of this idea. Listen, Timothy, this gift is from God. It's not from me. It's not from my laying on of my hands to you. It's from God. But because of what I've seen in you, I have put my stamp of approval on your heart, your life. To be the pastor at this church in Ephesus, to do the things that God has called you to do. And that's more about what he's saying here. But I like this verse so much. We're going to focus on this 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 uh, retreat season with our students as we head into fall, we go to Wilderness Weekend and we do a, a retreat with them. These are the, the verses that we're going to use, but this one particular, stir up the gift of God. Many under, other translations, as I studied getting ready for this message, it actually says this, to fan into flame. That's why I have that in parentheses. If you know anything about a fire, the, the first thing that a fire wants to do eventually after it's burned and burned and burned is that it, it wants to go out. It wants to just go out. Let me give you this little quote. I, I heard about this. The founder of the Salvation Army, General Booth, he said this, the tendency of a fire is to go out. So watch the fire on the altar of your heart. He used to say that to his volunteers all the time. 
If you know anything about keeping a fire going in a fireplace, every once in a while, what do you have to do? Stir up the ashes, right? To keep it going. To fan the flame. Listen, fathers, this morning, God has put into your life a gift. He's giving you a gift. And you know what? Sometimes we don't even know what that gift is all the time because it's a gift. And because it's a gift, sometimes we don't realize that we even have it. You know, I look at these musicians up here this morning, and I've talked to many of them. Uh, our summer intern, I've, I've talked to him a couple times. Like, I don't know how you do what you do, Seth. I, I can't do what you do. And he kind of just, you know, it's easy, you know. Well, it's not easy for me. I can't figure that out. Now, I don't know how you do that. But it's a, it's a gift that God has given to him. I've had our students or leaders come up to me and say, Tio, I don't know how you... You know, how do you teach that from God's word? How do you get that from God's word? I don't know. I just study it, and it's, it's a gift. Some of you ladies out here this morning, you have an amazing gift of hospitality. I don't know how you do it. It is not my, my initial reaction to invite someone over from the church that's, that's maybe new and just been coming for a few weeks and just get to know them. But some of you ladies in the church, some of you men even, you're just great at reaching out. You have the gift of hospitality, and it comes so natural. Some of you are teachers. Some of you are givers. I know some of you men in our church that you would literally give the shirts off your back to a family need in our church. That's so important. And Paul tells Timothy, Timothy, stir up the gift that is within you. You know anything about Timothy? He seemed to have a little bit of problem with the shyness, right? He was timid. He didn't always step up to plate and do the things that uh, maybe he should have as a pastor. And Paul is encouraging him, Timothy, step up, do it, stir up the gift that's within you. Fan it into flame. Let people see that the light that's in you, that light is Jesus Christ. All right? So fathers, think about that this morning. Fan into flame. Use the gift that God has given you. And verse 7, this one can be very, very important for us. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Paul knew that Timothy struggled with some of these things. You know, I remember the passage where he told him, don't, don't worry about your youth. Don't worry about how young you are. Just step up and do it. He tells him, number one, listen, Timothy, you, you have power. That, that word literally there translated is dynamite. Timothy, you have dynamite. You have the power of God living within you. Fathers, remember that this morning. When you come to a point in your life and you go, I don't know what to do with this one. You know, maybe you did give the kids a credit card and you tell them to go have fun and they really did go have fun. How do you handle that? You know, it probably wasn't a wise decision on our part to do that, but how do we handle that? There's, there's times in our lives, Father, where we need to get, uh, fathers, where we need to get alongside the Heavenly Father and just ask Him for wisdom from on high. Paul tells Timothy this second part, you have love. Timothy, you not only have love for your congregation, for the people that you're training, that you're working with, but Timothy, you have agape love. You have love that comes from the Father himself. Show that to the people that you minister to. Fathers, let's, let's do that in our families. Let's show that agape love. As they see that in our hearts and lives, it'll transfer into theirs to see great things happen. And that the third part of that is you have a sound mind, Timothy. That actually, translation, the translation there is better, I would say, self-discipline. 
Timothy, you've, you've been given an amazing amount of wisdom from God to understand self-discipline, to take care of the things in your life that need to be done the right way. And to just do the work of the ministry with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul. Do it to the best of your ability. And do it for me and not for anyone else's sake, but for the Lord's sake. The last one this morning, this reminder number three, in verse eight, probably the most important thing that we could glean from this passage is therefore do not be ashamed, Timothy. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Right? When your, your mentor is sitting in jail, that's kind of hard to deal with maybe sometimes. But he understood why he was there, what the point was. Nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings. Guys, this morning, let me say this in closing. Fatherhood isn't always going to be easy, right? We know that. There's some really difficult times uh, fathering, leading a family. Uh, in Timothy's case, shepherding a flock. And especially where he had to pastor. But do this for me. Always remember that it's for the Lord's sake. Right? It's for the Lord. We're going to go through hard times. We're going to suffer defeat. We may have a child that someday, no matter how much we've taught them from God's word, they may go, you know what, Dad? I don't really want any of your crazy Christian stuff. Mom, I don't, really, I don't really understand what you taught me. I don't really care about it. I'm going to encourage you men this morning to keep on going. Just keep on trucking. Keep on the path that God has put in front of you. Just as Paul encourages Timothy, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. But just keep on going. Keep on going. I'll share this in closing. Yesterday, we biked almost 75 miles with our students. It was a great day, uh, great weather, great route. We had a great time. Every single kid made it. But many of our, many of our adult leaders, our men leaders especially, had to come alongside some of our, our seventh grade boys. That it's, it's a new trip for them. 75 miles is a long day. That's a lot of biking. Their knees were probably hurting at 20 miles, but they, they did this. They just kept trucking along. I can think of one of the boys that was in my group and just kept saying, good job, buddy. Good job. You got this. You got this. And he just trucked along, trucked along, trucked along, trucked along. I knew at lunch break he wanted to give up. I knew at cookie break he wanted to give up. I knew when we passed the last ice cream store and we didn't stop, he wanted to give up. The kid just kept going just kept on trucking. And that's what I encourage you men today. Just keep on going. Just keep on pedaling. Just keep on driving that car. Just keep on being that father that God has called you to be. And don't get discouraged. But when you do to get discouraged, grab the book. Get in this book. Find out what it says because it will encourage your heart. And get around those men in your lives that are encouragers, that will come alongside of you and say, hey, buddy, just keep on going. Just keep on doing it. This morning, I have to ask this question in closing. Um, I would never want to leave a service not having you have an opportunity. If you're here today and you don't know the Heavenly Father, listen, He is that true Father. 
He is there for you every minute of your life. In Scripture, it talks about there is a friend that sticketh closer closer than a than a brother. But we have a Father that will never, ever leave us or forsake us. He's there with us through every circumstance that we will ever, ever face in our lives. And I would encourage you to look at this question today. Do you have a personal relationship with the Heavenly Father? Do you know Him? Have you read this book? Do you realize that He truly, the Heavenly Father, sent His one and only Son to die on a cross for you? That's how important, that's how much love, that's how much agape love He has for you and I. And if you don't know Christ this morning, one of us pastors, anyone on the stage this morning, Someone at the greeting booth as you head out today, the Welcome Center, would love to talk to you about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know what? Just because you know him, he tells us life won't be perfect. But we do know that he's by our side. That if we know him, we have a place in eternity with him someday. That is the greatest hope that we can ever, ever have. And Paul says that in the very first verse of this passage. In closing, he reminds Timothy of this in just this statement. By the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Jesus Christ. It is a promise. It is a promise. Never to be turned back upon that if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He will accept you. Would you stand with me this morning as we get ready to pray? As we ask that question, if you please bow your head, close your eyes. I'd love to just pose that to you and... And uh, see if I can get a response this morning from anybody in the, in the house this morning. But if you're here today, you know Jesus Christ, you have a personal relationship with Him, would you raise your hand for me this morning, just real briefly? Thank you so much, church family. If you're here today and perhaps you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't have a relationship with Him, maybe you've been coming through these doors for several, several weeks and you've heard the story about love and grace and mercy, and Jesus Christ, and the Heavenly Father, and different stories from the Bible, and you're curious, and you say, Pastor Tim, I don't know Jesus Christ, but I'm ready. I would like to know the Heavenly Father in my own heart. If you're here today, and you're in that boat, would you just slip your hand up real quick for me, or look at me? I'd love to just chat with you afterwards, I won't call you up here, embarrass you. Just want to know how I can pray for you. Anyone across the building that would say that, Pastor Tim, I, I'm ready. I want to know the Savior. I want to have him in my heart and life. Anybody this morning? Thank you, church. As we close, just encourage you one more time, fathers. Keep doing the work. Keep doing the work that God has called you to. We'll pray just a second. Brother Dennis is going to uh, lead us in a song. And I, I would encourage you. Men, deacons and your wives, other leaders in our church, small group leaders, student ministry, ones within that, that are just dedicated to what is going on here, Lord. And uh, you would love to come and pray at the altar about our next servant leader. Pastor Dave Grape will be here on the 13th of July. We're excited for that. But you know what? He needs a lot of prayers. We talked about prayer wars this morning. He needs a lot of prayer. There are going to be a lot of battles and things in front of his uh, a face in ministry that he needs to deal with. Um, things that he's going to have to pray about. 
And we'd invite you to come as we sing in just a few minutes to pray for he and Monica and his family and the leadership of our church as we transition into this next great phase for Heritage Baptist Church. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Excited just to see a little letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, encouraging him as a young pastor in the faith to just keep on doing the things that you've called him to do and to do it with power and with love and with a sound mind. And so, Lord, would you help us as fathers today to do that very same thing? Lord, if there is someone today that's come into the house, we ask that if they don't know you, that they would talk to one of us today before they leave and get that settled. And Lord, help many of us to come as we pray and go to you about our next servant leader as we close out our service today.